0: Thank you, Pauline, for your kind words. Uh, yes, as uh, Pastor Pauline said, I'm, uh, I have the incredible privilege of leading Chaplaincy Australia. I've been a National Director for the last eight years and uh, I've been loving that role. I've been involved with Chaplaincy Australia since it began uh, 20, 22 years ago. Uh, I was involved in the first uh, group of people that were, were uh, involved in chaplaincy. I was a hospital chaplain at that point. Just a little bit of background about myself: married, four kids, got saved uh, forty-four years ago. Gave my life to Jesus and um, felt a sense of call forty-two years ago to the ministry. And so, uh, my wife and I pastored a church in Hornsby, in Sydney, for twenty-eight years. We pioneered that church, and I was this, we were the senior pastors of that church. And just a couple of years ago, uh, the Lord led me more into the the role in terms of. Uh, both Chaplaincy Australia and military chaplaincy that I've been in. So during my time as a pastor, I really felt the call of God to reach out and go beyond the people that were in my church on a Sunday. And that led me through a lot of situations to the military chaplain role. And I started as a military chaplain had an incredible opportunity to be the first Pentecostal chaplain in the Australian military, which was fantastic, and I praise God for that. But uh, then I took over the role of recruiting um, and raising up other chaplains for the military. And so in the last few years, I've had the privilege, as well as of being appointed to a senior leadership role. Now over six denominations, I, I uh, recruit from all Pentecostals, the Baptists, the Churches of Christ, the Lutheran Church, the Seventh Day Adventist, and the Salvation Army churches. So, and and I have the opportunity to sit on a board, uh, uh, basically giving support and encouragement and expertise to the Defence Minister. And uh, it's an incredible privilege, and I'm just so thankful for every opportunity. That God gives us. So that's what I want to talk to you about today, if that's okay. I want to talk to you about you. I don't want to talk about me because I know my story and you don't need to, but it's much more important that you know your story and you realize what's actually taking place and what God is actually building in you. And I want to just spend, if it's all right, just a, maybe a few minutes challenging you about what God's doing in you and where you're at, but also encouraging you that God has more for other people as well and that you are actually vitally involved in that process. Now bringing someone to church is a wonderful thing but how many of you know we only spend an hour or two in church a week, the rest of the time you're outside of there. So I'd actually like to maybe equip your Monday today or your Tuesday or your Wednesday or your Thursday or Friday or your Saturday so that you can actually go and do what we're meant to do. The church is meant to be out. The church is meant to be making a difference and we can do that and whether it's wherever you work, whether you're a plumber or whether you're a a doctor or whether you're a school teacher or whether you're looking after kids or wherever you find yourself, I believe God actually wants us to be truly focused on doing his work. So why don't you take a Bible? We're going to jump right into this this morning. Take a Bible, turn with me to the book of Luke. I'm going to have it up on the screen for you, thanks to the team. They're all organized and they've got all my notes ready to go. But I want you to just um, uh, look at Luke chapter 2, verse 42 to 50. And it says, And when he, and he is Jesus, was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days... As they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind them in Jerusalem. Now, that was Joseph and his mother, okay, they were talking about. So Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him out amongst their relatives and acquaintances. So when they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now it was, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting amidst the teacher's But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Father, there are times when we don't understand. There are times we just don't get the message you're bringing us. But I pray, Lord, that we would all just engage our mind for a few minutes this morning and we'd hear the message that you're speaking to us this morning. Not necessarily the words I'm speaking, Lord, but the the underlying message that your spirit's got for us this morning that you have something for each one of us that we might lay hold of exactly what you are saying and be encouraged and strengthened by it in Jesus' name, Father, amen. All right, so I was uh, driving along um, the road in Sydney, I live in Sydney, and uh, I was talking to uh, Pauline about this yesterday about traffic jams and she was saying that oh the traffic's bad and I was laughing uh, that uh, she she we had to wait I think for four cars uh, to go around the corner and she called it a traffic jam and I said that uh, I explained to her that that same distance in Sydney could be 45 minutes uh, before you move from here to here in peak hour traffic so, so it's a different thing but as I was driving in Sydney the other day I saw this um, sign up on the wall and it was Perrot and Sons and it was a carpenter shop okay and I, I just saw it and it flashed into my mind and, and immediately I remembered this scripture and I, I wanted to just build out of it. And I thought of the, you know, the old habit or the old time expectation of you know, a father would have a business and he'd pass it on to his children. Okay. We don't see that that much. You know, most people think their fathers are idiots. Um, and that uh, uh, seems to be the case with my kids. Um, there's a moment they, from about 16 to 18 they, th- they thought I was an idiot. And then afterwards it was amazing how much I'd learned. After that, because they came back to me and they asked me my opinion. After that, but during that period, I was not—I was not their favorite person to ask a question. That's okay, and that's just part of life. But um, I was thinking of this Perrot and Sons business, and I wondered about it, and and I thought about this word of uh, of how Jesus was a carpenter, how Jesus was taught by his his father, and I wonder how and what sort of experience, and and I let my mind role I'm, I'm a, a, I guess I, I have a good imagination and I could imagine Jesus being taught by Joseph how to restore a piece of furniture or to build a house or to do stuff. I, I imagine there was a time when Jesus saw his father, his natural his, his earthly father, Joseph, um, take a piece of, of broken down furniture and, and rescue it and then break it down and clean it up and, and put the new bits of timber in it and maybe put a new leg on the, the, the table. And, and then after it, was, uh, after it had been rescued, after it had been cleaned up and restored, he would have polished it and, and provided it and, and probably sold it. And that was his business. And so there was something natural and, and exciting about that in, in what Joseph actually showed to Jesus. And I think how, how you know, I'm, I'm thinking of this picture up here where you've got the hands of a carpenter actually doing a piece of work and, and um, making a difference and changing something. So this morning, I, I want you to realize that Jesus wanted to know his father's business, but not only his natural, earthly father's business. He wanted to know his spiritual father's business. When his mum and dad brought him to the city of Jerusalem, he was 12 years old. They lost him because he had somewhere else to be. Ever had a child that's got somewhere else to be, which is not where you want them to be? We've, we've all experienced that at, at times, and it can be quite frightening, and, um, um, and this is exactly what happened. So... My wife was talking to me about this scripture the other day and she says, you know, I just think sometimes it's just a scripture about bad parenting. And I wasn't sure that that's true, but the, the reality is that they lost him for a day and they left the city thinking, oh, he's bound to be here somewhere. You know, he's bound to be here somewhere. And um, I remember once forgetting one of my children at church, leaving them at church when it was my job to take them home. And I left them. I got home and I realized that I was actually meant to bring one home, still sitting there on the step waiting for me when I went back. It's happened to us all. Like, let's, be, let's be honest. The, and if it hasn't, it will. It's probably today. Um, the, the, the thing is that they couldn't find Jesus. So they, they've gone a day's journey. So then they have to go a day's journey back. So they've lost him for a day, they've gone a day's journey, they've gone back to find him, and they're frantic, absolutely frantic. And you can imagine why they're frantic, and how upset, how angry they are. And when they find him in the temple, it's a really interesting interchange. His mother said, Son, why have you done this to us? And your father and I have sought you so anxiously. And he said, did you, why did you seek me? Did you not know I must be about my father's business? So for the whole of Jesus' life, he was actually about his father's business. Like a dutiful son, he learned the trade from his father. Countless hours spent watching, meditating and gleaning from his father. But I'm not talking about his earthly father. I'm talking about the, the father in heaven. Jesus was learning the Father's business. And that's why he was in the temple. He lingered in the temple at age 12. He stayed late at night to pray. He devoured and memorised the scriptures. He did what he needed to do. It seems all the way through his life, he didn't seem to rest very much. He was about his Father's business. Whatever the Lord wanted, he was about it. Now, I want to challenge you today. I want to ask you the question... Whose business are you about? What business are you about? Are you about your business? Are you about your family's business? Are you about your earthly father's business? Or are you about the heavenly father's business? In John 5 verse 19, Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say, the son can do nothing of himself, but only what he sees the father do. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says... We, just poke the person next to you and say, that's you. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's what we're we're meant to be. We are meant to be His workmanship. We are meant to be Him working upon us so that we can declare the praises to everyone else. So I want to be about the Father's business, but that requires me to actually learn the Father's business. So this morning, in the time I have, I just want to ask you what is the father's business what does Jesus want you to be doing what does the father in heaven actually want you to be doing it's interesting to know that um, that Joseph was a carpenter a master builder and I'm certain that there's some amazing correlation between Jesus earthly father and his heavenly father's job role there's so many things now I'm I do woodwork as a, as a hobby. I was a tradesman and I got involved in, in trade work for a number of years. And the, I love timber and I love restoring furniture, something I do as a passion. But I'm I really am drawn towards this concept because Jesus' words were so emphatic that it makes us take notice that his life was a demonstration of doing the work that God was doing. And that's actually what the Lord wants to challenge us on. So I've got three major thoughts this morning I just want to give you about the work that God is doing or wants to do. And I want to apply them in two different ways. Firstly, I want you to apply it to you. And then I want you to apply it to everyone else you know. So firstly, hear this message for yourself, but then hear it for everyone else. So the first one is recovery And salvage. The first part of the Father's business is recovery and salvage. In Luke nineteen, verse ten, it says, The Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. How many of you know the father's business is about recovery and salvage? Anyone here been recovered or salvaged? Anyone's life was in a bit of a mess before you met Jesus? Anyone here could attest to the fact that that he picks up stuff that people would throw away? Does anyone else enjoy when you know they had those throwouts on the side of people's thing? And you sort of are you one of those people that late at night Creep around the streets and pick up the old stuff. I, that's me. I'm I'm there with my car and, and loading stuff up. Why? Because I think we should be in the business of recovering salvage. I don't want to. I, I'm not actually that interested in people that have got everything together. I haven't actually met that many of those, by the way. <laughs> but the reality is, I, I like meeting people who have not got their life together because there's so much potential. And you know why I like them? Because they're just like me. Because I haven't got my life altogether. I'm in the process of recovery. In Luke 15, we see three stories back to back. I don't have time to go into them. But we see the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And there's this escalation of value. A sheep is worth so much, a coin is worth more, and the sun is worth most of all. But in every one of the stories, we see recovery, we see salvage, we see renewal, we see hope, we see incredible potential. These point to the fact that Jesus is able to restore all of us Just about anything we've lost. I love that chorus we're singing. I believe in miracles. I believe that he's he's going to do those things. I believe he can. And don't tell me he can't. Don't tell me he can't. It's his business. So what's, what's the Lord recovering in you? What's he salvaging in you at the moment? Maybe you've been saved, but maybe there's something else. He's just recovering. He's restoring. He's renewing. Make sure you explore that today for yourself. But I want to challenge you not to do it just for yourself. Look at who else he might be actually doing it for. There are individuals, yourself and others, families, nations, churches. There's restoration available. We should be about the Father's business. We should be alongside doing what the Father is doing. This means that we want to work with God rather than just fearing or fighting against what he wants to do. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, you all know the scripture. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of a future and a hope. Matthew 16, verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's no doubt about the possibility of God working. So don't doubt it in yourself. Galatians 3, verse 8, the scripture says, um, if Through you, all of the nations of the earth will be blessed. Let's believe that there is a hope for restoration. There is a hope for salvation. There is a hope for the possibility of God. The idea here can be summed up by one word, and that is the word regeneration. Regeneration is the word that goes with this concept. We need to be about his business. We need to take that which was corrupted and see it restored That which was broken and see it renewed. That which was hopeless and see it filled with hope. That's the first point. That's the first part of the Father's business. Are you about it today? But the second part of the Father's business is also exciting. Not only does he take us where we were, but he takes us beyond. And so the next part of the business is renovation and extension. Anyone ever renovated your house? You bought a little house because it's what you could afford. Then you found very a lot of comfort there. And because you found a lot of comfort and joy and, and love and tenderness in that house, you've ended up with children um, because that's just what naturally happens so you needed to renovate you needed to punch out the wall pastor Pauline was showing me how last year you did the the renovations on the church and you punched out the wall and so exciting to see growth and and that's the natural part of life that's the second part of the father's business is he wants you to be more than you were he wants to take you on to the next place Once we've been touched by his hand and been washed by his blood, we find that the Lord is not finished with us. And just like the table, we need renovation, we need rescue first of all, we need cleaning, but then we need to be extended, we need to be built. Sometimes parts of our life need cutting off, others need to be extended. This is summarized by the word sanctification in scripture. It's a theological concept of you going From one degree of glory to the next, developing and becoming what you want, what God wants you to be. And as I said, this is a double barreled message. It's for you, but it's also for everyone else. Think about the person sitting next to you. How could you help them, not by talking to them or telling them or pointing out their faults, but how could you more deeply commit yourself to seeing them? experience renovation and extension in their life my my desire in my ministry is that people will be better after they've met me I don't, I don't want people to walk away and say wow i'm glad he's finished i'm so glad he's gone you know some people are like that you know they're a blessing when they leave um, but <laughs> I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person. I want to be a person that actually helps people and makes them feel like they've got something to take away. You should be doing that. That's the Father's business. When anyone met Jesus, they were left with more. Why? Because he learnt that from the Father. He learnt that from the Father because you can't go into the presence of God without receiving something. We need to be about the Father's business. Just like Christ was, He challenged the woman caught in adultery to moral purity. He called upon people to value one another. He called for wholeness and purity within the temple. He cried out for cities and nations to have a desire towards God. We need to be actively looking and contributing to the work of God in our world, in all areas. 2 Chronicles 29 verse 5 says this, Hear me, Levites, sanctify yourselves, O house of God and carry all the rubbish out of this holy place. Let's allow God to extend us. Let's allow God to renovate us. Let's him allow let's allow the work of sanctification to really take its place so that we can become all that we need to be. We need to be about his business not our business. We need to put his things first, not our things first. And allow ourselves to become all that God wants us to be. I hope this is making sense this morning. I hope that it's connecting with something. Don't just let this be, oh, that was an interesting word exploring the scriptures this morning. Let actually God speak to you and tell you that there's something to extend in your life. There's something to extend in your neighbor's life. There's some expectation that you can have for good things. And the last thought this morning. The last bit of the Father's business that we need to be about is that we need to be about perfection and display. Perfection and display. When when I finish a table or or renovate an old piece of furniture, I had an opportunity to renovate an 1830s desk uh, last year and got it all finished, rebuilt parts of it, had to had to source timber from overseas, all these sorts of things. But then it came to the finish. And you know what? The finish is the most important thing. It's where you spend hours. So hours and hours. You sand it. You sand it again. Then you sand it again. Guess what? Then you sand it again. Then after you've done that, you you buff it. And you buff it with, with, with various la- layers. And you start putting on a, a finish. And then finally, you use corn flour. And you just really bring it to the highest shine you possibly can. Finish it all off with this beautiful beeswax. I'm not going to bore you with it. But the beauty is it's finished. And I spent more time per perfecting it than I did recovering it and more time than I took renovating it. I had to spend more time. And you know, that's what God's in the business of doing with you right now. He's, gonna, He's got the rest of your life to perfect you. We are improving every day. I am better than I was yesterday if I'm doing the Father's business. You are better today than you were yesterday if you're doing the If you think you're falling backwards, then it's probably because you've stopped doing the Father's business. There's no excuse for it. We need to recognize it. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, Being confident, this is what Paul said, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. We are a work in progress. So just look at the people next to you and just say, Give me me a break. Just, just cut me some slack. I'm a work in progress. Okay, I'm a work in progress. I'm not there yet. I've got some work still to be done on me, but I'm being perfected. God is at work to bring His church to perfection. You know, there's no perfect church. I know that's a shock to you because you thought you were in it. But we should work with Him, not against Him. You know, have you ever thought of being careful about criticizing the church, any church? Remember, it is the bride of Christ. If you want to get on my wrong side, criticize my wife. Okay? That's the best way to get on my wrong side. So how do you think the Lord feels when we complain about his bride? How do you think he feels? Why Why, why shouldn't we rather work for the perfection of the bride? Why shouldn't we rather engage in the Father's business, which is to make the church what the church should be, which should be the demonstration of Christ's glory on the earth that's what the Lord wants us to work towards so let's work towards it let's be actually about perfection and display the scripture calls this perfecting of individuals glorification okay so the so the three terms we have is regeneration sanctification and glorification but think about them in this way it is recovery and salvage renovation and extension and perfection and display these are the things that we want to see people come to God wants to do this work in us. The Father's business will see us glorified. We'll see us become everything we're meant to be. But we have to actually work at it. I think of how Christ walked the earth, taught, demonstrated. And these were the things he was demonstrating to different people. You think of some of the experiences he had. He was always taking people on a journey. So make sure you're going there. Did you wake up this morning in the likeness of Jesus when you, if guys, if you went for a shave or ladies, if you're combing your hair or doing whatever you were doing, did you look like Jesus? Because if you didn't, that's okay. Because there's tomorrow. We are meant to go from one degree of glory to the next. We're meant to go from one point of glory to the next. And I believe That the Lord wants to finish the work within us. You know, God's plan for you, eventually, is that this corruptible will put on incorruption. This mortal will put on immortality. And from now till then, the Lord wants to work in our lives. The Father is in the business of recovery and salvage. Renovation and extension. Perfection and display. I want to ask you this morning, are you seeing that for yourself? How are you seeing that for yourself? How are you seeing that in others? Are you committed to the Father's business or are you committed to something else? And Maybe it's a simple message this morning for you. It's a simple reaction and response I'm asking for you. I'm just asking, are you about his business? And if you're not, I'm going to give you an opportunity in prayer just a moment to get about the father's business again because that's the great news it takes one step to return to him that's all it takes but even more than that I'm asking you are you about the father's business for everyone else in your world the kids at your school your uni your workplace your colleagues your neighbours your friends can you look at them and think wow that's the father's business that's what I could be about this morning And if you're not actually committed truly to that, I'd encourage you to do so. I am so aware that there is so much more that we could do and so much more that I could do. And this is a message for me this morning. I want to be engaged and connected to the possibility of God for myself, for others, for my church, for my nation. Let's be about the Father's business. Father, I just thank you for your hand upon us today. I thank you for your goodness, your love, your grace, your mercy. And Father, in the midst of this message, I would ask that we might respond to you regarding what you want us to do. So, Father, if we this morning are not with you, Lord, on this, if we have not been about your business for ourselves, Lord, we just raise our hand to you, Lord, and we say, Father, I want to be about your business in a new way. So if that's you this morning, just raise your hand to the Lord. Just say, Lord, I want to be about your business afresh. It might just be a, 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 a new measure of it, a new desire towards it. Or maybe you haven't been about the Father's business for others. Maybe God's given you a vision of something, some way, some mode of actually reaching out and touching a life and making a difference. Jesus said, Did you not know this is where I would be? I'd be doing this. That should be what we say of ourselves. Did you not know this is what I'd be about? This is the work I'll be about. So Father, I pray for everyone that's just responding to you this morning. I pray for everyone that is in need of a touch of your spirit, your life, your refreshment. Lord, I thank you that we can expect to be recovered by you. We can expect to be salvaged by you and to see others experience that. We can expect renovation of our life, extension of our life. And we can expect perfection and to be put on display for others to see. We thank you for the miracles of God. We thank you for the workings of your spirit. We pray for your touch upon our lives in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ralph.